media at SAFM with Ashraf Garda. Exploring every media platform and industry. Only on 104 to 107. So we'll chat to Tonya Kuri pretty shortly about um, the media week in, in numbers or buying numbers. Looking forward to that, seeing which, uh, which South African news story has been number one, I would think. The one that's just surfaced over the last couple of they may have a bigger impact next tomorrow or the next day in terms of the South African photojournalist who's been kidnapped, abducted in Syria. But for now, 160 years of the Cape Argus newspaper. Let's make sense of that. With me is Hassant uh, Abadan, a former editor of the of the Cape Argus. What's your what's your new position now, Hassan? Hi, Ashraf. I'm the regional executive editor for the Western Cape for Independent Media. So the Cape Argus and all the other titles in our region falls under my strategic management. All right, and, and does that mean you have more time cycling the Cape as you've done this morning with a whole lot of media colleagues? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, um, that's, that's a Sunday morning special. Um, but, but, you know, having, having working for the Cape Argus makes it really difficult to not be part of the Cape Town Cycle Tour, you know? The peer pressure that comes with it, so you end up, on a bicycle, what can I say? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, you, you may be aware that, of course, I, 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 I go to Cape Town very often, but this year in particular, I had the pleasure of living in, in the Boer Car Parade, something that is very really synonymous with Cape I Town, right? That. Yeah, I and I mean, that. it was a different it's experience. So it's a very, very community experience for me, right? Uh, but just but a thought, the, I had no idea that Cape Argus was 160 years old. Yeah, you know, um, I sometimes feel like I've been there for all of 160 years because <laughs> I've been so involved with the paper. I was edited uh, twice around, and I was only 51 when I became an editor for the first time of this great newspaper, this great institution. So, so I mean, this, this paper seen quite a bit, as you can imagine, from moon landings to world wars, but also looking at Cape Town as a frontier town, you know, with muddy streets and, and with colonialism, with a colonialism project setting in to right through to the transition of our country and now 23, 24 years after democracy, you know. So it's been there in people's lives, being part of the past and hopefully shaping their future for 160 years, you know. Yeah. So w- w- what's the history of the paper? I mean, have you got this like okay. a Nando's promise story of the father and son together and say getting the, the finest chilies from wherever? I mean, w- w- what's, the, what's the Cape Argus story? Okay, so in 1857, on the 3rd of January, it's held with the pieces for the first time in the same building where it's currently being produced, you know. <laughs> so that's extraordinary, you wow. know. And it was two chaps by the name of Darnell and Murray with um, Solomon, or Solomon's, and they founded the fourth newspaper in our port city. And it would be the paper that would stand the standard test of time, you see. And um, the paper they envisioned was one that would be comfort- comfort- as comfortable in the merchant's home as it would be in the family home, and I'm very happy to say that 160 years later, we still have a product that holds true to those values, you know. And, and, and that's been the story, and obviously it's changed hands in terms of proprietors and, 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 and editors over the years, but, but that tradition has held on. It's also had a few name changes along the way, so it started from being the Cape Argus to just the Argus, and then it went back to the Cape, to just Cape Argus. And also a few basket changes and format changes, but in essence, the product is suited to its old traditions, you know. Mm. And and the point you, know, you spoke about colonialism and where, where Cape Town was in, in those years, because I mean, you spoke yeah. about it as a, speaking about the Cape Colony. How how has it changed in terms of of the history 
of of the reader because I mean the status of the reader I would think has changed completely where where quite honestly in the past it would be clearly a case of white privilege and, and the rest would be what from from less white to slaves and a whole lot of different things. So how has that changed and how has the newspaper then changed to meet that that growing audience? Yeah, it's a very good question, Ashraf, and it's a very complex one as well. So, so I think the profile of the reader has definitely changed. So there's a burgeoning black middle-income group in Cape Town who traditionally, perhaps maybe 40 years ago, weren't traditional Cape Argus readers, but they're reading the paper now. And with that, you know, as we transform from print to digital and all of those changes that have come with it, we've also had to change um, our focus and, and, and our content, you know, um, so, so, so what we're looking at is we're looking to break stories on all our digital and social media media platforms, but giving the reader something different in print. You know, everybody's saying print is dead, so we have to find new relevance for those audiences, and that relevance lies in reaching out to those communities who traditionally felt alienated by the paper. You know, in in the bad old days, where they felt that the paper didn't resonate with them, didn't speak to them. And so now we have to become a paper that connects communities. You know? And there's a lot of issues, social issues, and social cohesion problems in Cape Town. And I see the Cape Town squarely playing a role in that space, you know, building social mm. And, and how, how then do you do just that? Okay, so um, with the 160th birthday of the Cape Town, we're using the entire year, you know, and we want to create events. That brings communities together. I'll give you an example, Ashraf. So we have Langa and Bontival living mm. across the road from each other, but the neighbors there never talk. So the August wants to be the conduit in the, in the street running down the middle, Jake's Carroll. We want to do an open streets event where people share culture and food and music and sport, all as part of our birthday year. But also it's in the, it's in the kind of content that we present, you know. So, in, in October 2015, we did a very different take on the Fees Must Fall story because we gave 50% of editorial control to the students and they could write their own stories, you know. And it was a very nervous moment for me because I, I, could, I could have ended up being fired if it, <laughs> if it didn't turn out according to plan, but it was very well received. The students at the time felt that the, the, their story wasn't being heard and so it was about giving them the voice. Later on, we had the Dignity Project. We featured and we profiled homeless people in a way that's never been done before, you know, also in their own voices. And I had an instruction to the photographers that I don't want people being pictured, sleeping rough and scratching in bins. And we want to give them dignity in the way that we photograph anybody else in, in our communities, you know. And yeah. that's where the word, the, 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 the name, the Dignity Project right. came from. Good, good point, so yeah. very, For the very first time, and I think this is unprecedented, we had a homeless man writing a front page read in a mainstream newspaper. And that guy to this day writes a column. He's paid for the column. He writes a column once a week, representing the homeless people of our city. You know? and, and this is about giving the disenfranchised and the marginalized in our in our society and in our city here in Cape Town, a voice, you know? And and I have wow. I do believe it's changed attitudes and perceptions about homeless people. Well that's fantastic. But let's just let's just wrap up then quickly with, with where we are with the paper in terms of uh yes changing audiences, so in terms of, of uh, readership and circulation, where where are you at and, and your thoughts on that? Okay, so where we're at at the moment is we we have less readers in print, but we're growing 
steadily on digital and, and social media as well. And in fact, the Argus um, had a, a format change about two years ago to U.S. broadsheet, and that's lifted revenues or consolidated revenues and readership in a great way. Because um, we went from a U.S. we went from a broadsheet to a compact, which didn't really work. The market didn't like it, and then we went back to a U.S. broadsheet. So if you imagine the New York Times format and the readers and the advertisers are like quite like that. So the paper's been steady, but we know that all the other platforms, like your own radio and TV and online, is eating our lunch, you know? Well, they so are. So we need to be agile. We've appointed live editors in our, into our newsrooms to break stories, and it's about finding new platforms and finding new revenue streams. So it's hard work that lies ahead in 2017. Um... To print revenues are under pressure, but we have to do something. We have to do things differently. Well, we look forward to well, we look forward to seeing what's more what more comes out of the Cape Argus now, 160 years and and plus. So, Hassan, uh, thanks so much for your time. Most appreciated. Thank you. Get back to your cycling. Tell tell Thank Robin you. I said hi, and uh, not to show what his plans are back in South Africa, but tell him I said hi. All right, Robin. Robin, Robin Evans, of course, of course, used to be a sports anchor at uh, at Al Jazeera. Has just returned uh, to South Africa. We're going to get to um, Tonya Curry right after this.